Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am here with Carl Brothers. He is an author of lots of fantasy, and according to his Twitter page, he's a lover of life. So we are going to have a really great time talking today. We'll get into his books and uh, hopefully give you guys some entertainment today. So grab a cup of tea and keep on listening. Okay, Carl, we have finally made it after technical issues. And it's, it kind of sounds like we're still having a few, so I really apologize to everybody if you're hearing some weird noise. I am so sorry about that. I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum. I'm not sure what's going on, so I can't really help it. So I'm so sorry. So, Carl, real quick, tell us a little bit about how you got started writing, uh, where you come from, all that kind of stuff. Because I know you're in the same time zone as me, but that's really all I know about you. <laughs> so just kind of give us an idea of who you are and why you're here. Okay. Uh, well, first of all. Oh, no uh, problem. Hopefully you can hear me just fine. Uh, I come from Philadelphia, but moved to Texas for work. I've actually moved around quite a bit. Um, my big job is actually create intensive, so it doesn't leave a lot of time for writing. I actually started writing uh, back in college. I went to Oklahoma, and uh, my first book uh, was a crime thriller. I wrote it by hand on a you know a notebook because I thought that would be cute. And fortunately, my apartment got flooded and everything got destroyed. Oh uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I learned that lesson, and by the time I uh, figured out how to um, get back to writing it again, the movie Wanted with Angelina Jolie, that came out, and that was damn near my whole book, so I just <laughs> 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 Now, that was pretty meaningful to, to actually see that in live action. Um, yeah, you, so you know somebody found your handwritten book and thought it would make a good movie. You know that's probably what happened. <laughs> and you know what? That idea is still floating in the back of my head. Maybe I might end up doing it much later on. Uh, but it's, it's way too similar to that movie for me to make it a priority right now. And uh, this book I am currently writing, or, you know, book one I already put out, I'm working on book two and three, Keepers and Destiny. That came to me in a dream, surprisingly. And it left such an impression. So my brother about it, and you know, he was like, "Yeah, that'll make a really awesome book." So here we are, about five years later. Yeah, I um, I read kind of a a little 
blurb on your Twitter page about the book, and it's, Earth is the prize. We have it. Hell wants it, is kind of the... And just those few words, I need this book. Like, I need this book. <laughs> I, I just, it sounds so incredibly up my alley that, you know, I'm like, I, I need to read this book. This sounds amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's about? Yeah. Um, it basically follows the journey of a guardian angel. And as you kind of alluded to, it's set in the backdrop of Armageddon. Uh, and, you know, we all know Armageddon is good versus evil, heaven versus hell. My twist on it is it's not so much the beef between heaven and hell. It's, it's a battle for its pride. And so this is book one, obviously, um, it's a little introduction to the characters and the setting. But it follows uh, a guardian angel, Andrea, and she's uh, on a quest to find the keys to victory for heaven, of course. And um, the keys are on earth. It's, it lies within uh, a prophecy. And so she has to find that prophet. And along the way, the journey is not as simple as she thinks. Um, never is. <laughs> never is. <laughs> Things get really messy because she is uh, a marginalized angel in heaven. Now, you would think about heaven marginalizing its angels in any way, but she is for some reason. And in the book, the truth about her origin and why she was treated that way also comes out. It's it's a, I don't want to say it's an epic twist because then I would take my own horn, but from the feedback I've gotten, um, you know, from the handful of people that have read it, uh, they they really enjoy her journey. And, you know, these other characters that come into play, there's worthies, there's demons, there's, there's a pissed off god in there somewhere. So um, it, it's, it, it does a lot of justice to all these mythical characters or beings that you've heard about. You know, I've seen some of them play out on TV and sometimes just leave just scratching your head like, really, that's the best you could do with that character? So hopefully... <laughs> To that in my book, but that was one of my motivations for also writing was just to do some justice to these awesome characters that you know we've seen so many times. Okay. Um, quick question in this. This is actually a question that I have not asked any of the other authors that I've had on the podcast, but it's a really good one, and I'm kind of kicking myself for not asking everybody else too. If your book could be turned into a movie, who would you want to play the main character? You know, I've thought about that a lot, actually, because she's based off of, um, I don't say she was based off of, but she was based off of my dream. But two characters come to mind. Um, uh, Kate Beckinsale from her version of The Underworld. Oh, definitely. She's, ki she's kind of awesome, yeah. And uh, for some reason, um, the late Aaliyah, I don't know if you're from, uh, familiar with her, she was an R&B singer, but she has this grace and stage presence and just a command of whatever room she entered. And uh, I, I, I'm hoping it's not because I had a crush on her when I was younger, but a combination of that, because um, 
you know, my main character, the guardian angel, she also happens to be an empath. Now that is not a spoiler. That's like right out there. And her powers also command sort of kind of attention that I'm talking about with these two, um, with these two actors, so to speak. So those are the ideal. Kate Beckinsale or Aaliyah? Yeah, I am actually familiar with Aaliyah because she died in the middle of making the Anne Rice movie, Queen of the Damned. And that is, that's actually one of my favorite Anne Rice movies. So I'm, I am familiar with her. I don't think I've ever heard any of her music. Um, I'm not really an R&B fan, um, but I am familiar with her. And um, so that just kind of gives me kind of a visual of what Andrea that is the main, I'm not saying that wrong, right, Andrea? Um, yeah. Okay, Andrea. Um, I wanted to make sure I heard you right before. Um, it just kind of gives me a visual of what she's supposed to look like. So I kind of have in my head like a, a really graceful mixed race angel. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, so so somewhere in there, like, like I don't know what actress actually fits that bill of combining those two, but you know, Kate Beckinsale's badassery. Can I say that? <laughs> I, I don't know, but you just did, so we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know that um, presence that she had in the other world, and you know, just sprinkle a little bit of uh, Elia's charm in there, and that's kind of the package that I'll be. Okay. Yeah, Kate Kate Beckinsale is definitely awesome. Um, I I'm pretty sure I've seen just about all of her movies. There's only been a couple I think that I haven't seen. So, Underworld is definitely high on my list of favorite Kate movies. So, okay. So you're you love to write and. You have a day job that is really, really, really busy, but you're also a lover of life. So what does that mean? Do you like to travel? If you do, where have you gone? Yeah, so um, to, to travel for sure. Now I haven't done as much as I would have loved because like, like I mentioned earlier, my work is ultra demanding. But aside from that, you know, I love watching like these nature documentaries or just being out there in nature. Because I think life has more to do with just the human perspective, right? In fact, I actually enjoy that a whole lot more. And um, I'm actually looking to carve out a lot more time to do just more of that. So um, just travel to a lot of places and just see like a lot of, um, a lot of, not necessarily touristy attractions, but just being out there in nature. And maybe like visit a rainforest or something that's high on my list. Um, I did go to the Grand Canyon the one time. Uh, it was somewhat, it was, not, it was all inspiring for the first 40 minutes, but after two hours of being out there in the it was just Daring at a big hole in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Getting more of these opportunities because, uh, unfortunately, um, <clears throat> in 2020, I kind of learned the hard way about you know not tomorrow not being promised, right? And just taking advantage of whatever opportunity we can while we can. 
Yeah. So it, it might be a new sound set, but it's yeah, I, you know, you're, you're wanting to travel and be out in nature. I, I want to do like the same thing, but mine is I want to go and immerse myself in the culture of somewhere. You know, I want to go and learn everything I can about this country or this group of people or, you know, even just go somewhere and try all the food. <laughs> You know, my, my husband and I are huge foodies. We, we love just trying different things and finding different ways of preparing foods that we love. You know, that would be my ideal, would be just traveling somewhere and just completely immersing myself in that culture. You know, I, I'm not a huge nature fan, but I get what you mean about wanting to just go somewhere and immerse yourself in something. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not as adventurous. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's not a dear devil like I would have liked. So that cuts out a lot of stuff. Like, I get what you're saying about culture. Um, I visited uh, I visited London one time, and I don't want to sound ignorant, but I feel like their version of Chinatown. I went over there, and the food tasted, like, so much different from what I've had over here in the United States, right? So definitely doing that. Um, <clears throat> now I've been to, been, I went to Cancun a little bit, um, Paris, Rome, getting to see the Colosseum. I mean, some of that ancient history immersed in that. It was actually, yeah. uh, it actually felt pretty epic. So um, I definitely like to continue that, at least in the, in the future. Hopefully I'm blessed with the opportunity to, to do that. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I I have so many places I want to travel to. And, you know, I'm like, it's on my list. Don't know if I'll ever get there, but it's on my list. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, like I have so many books on my list of books I want to read, books I'm re currently reading, you know, books I would like to read sometime in the future. And I'm like, y'all, I will get to them. <laughs> eventually <laughs> so do you do you read in the same genre that you write or do you read much at all um so yeah so primarily like uh, 100% of my reading right now is in the fantasy genre because aside from supporting fellow artists or uh, you know just trying to just trying to read it also gives me an opportunity to learn something yeah. you know like different perspectives just different things that are out there um so that's my preferred genre right now prior to that i'm going to do a little bit of crime thrillers um some mystery some romance actually but with just having to be more judicious with my time i only have time for stuff i can actually learn from yeah yeah no i totally get that i you know i have my i have my preferred genres too, you know, I, you know, I had one author that, you know, she, she tagged me on Twitter and she was like, I want Picky Bookworm to review my book. And I'm like, what genre is it? And she's like, it's poetry. Okay. <laughs> I was like, check with me back in, you know, check with me in July when I'm accepting book reviews. I will consider it, you know, because poetry is it's 
so subjective. You know, I enjoy books that have more structure than poetry does. You know, I, I read poetry and it's, it's so subjective and it depends on how the artist was feeling when they wrote that particular poem. And so it's just not in my preferred genre. And so when she told me that, I was like, I will consider it. <laughs> I was like, I can't make any promises, but I will consider it, you know, because it's, it's just, you have to, you have to consider your own biases when reading something like that, you know, and I have been, I have tried reading poetry in the past and I get bored way too quickly when reading poetry <laughs> and you know I don't want my own biases to come up against her book and you know if I tell somebody I didn't enjoy this book well if I have enough influence over that person or those people they're not going to read that book even though they might enjoy it you know, so I, you know, like you, I have my preferred genres and I try to stick with those because those are the ones I'm likely to recommend and likely to refer people to so that, you know, I'm not letting my own biases and my own uh, prejudice against any certain genre to get in the way of somebody else enjoying that book, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I've actually bought a few uh, poetry books. I don't intend to read them. Uh, hopefully, any of them are listening. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm just doing my, doing my part to support the poets, too. You know, so, yeah, I'll buy the book, and hopefully that helps them find a little bit more in the, in the rankings on Amazon to get more visibility. But, yeah... <clears throat> if I if I get to that point in the future where I actually sit down and read poetry, that would be awesome. <laughs> I I I like I like the idea of diversifying my reading, but you know I don't want I don't want my attitude towards a genre to get in the way of one person's book. You know, and it's, I guess it's just really hard to explain for me um, when it comes to certain genres. You know, I, I don't ever want to use the phrase, I hate that genre or, you know, anything like that, because there's always going to be something that changes my mind. You know, I used to tell people, I hate country music, the whole entire genre of music. I hate country music. Well, now... Thanks to my husband, I have about five or six songs that I like and about 10 or 15 more that I tolerate. So I so I can no longer say I hate country music. Uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll carry on that for you. <laughs> you're you're going to hate country music for me? Okay. <laughs> it is not it is not my favorite. It is not my favorite music. It's just not and, you know, it's, I'm in Oklahoma, you're in Texas, so it's, 
it's one of those, well, you're from Oklahoma, well, you're from Texas, you must like country music kind of stereotypes. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> you know, so it's, you know, I, I have stereotypes come at me every once in a while too. And it's just every once in a while, you know, but I, you know, just like I fight against those oaky stereotypes. I don't want to stereotype somebody else either, you know, or somebody's writing or anything like that. You know, I, I am here to support all indie authors, regardless of the genre of book that they write. You know, I'm here to support you. This is why I have the podcast. This is why I have my blog. This is why I make book candles. This is why I do proofreading. This, you know, it's like I do all of these things, but they're all under the umbrella of my position on this earth and my job on this earth is to help indie authors get noticed. going to have those people that pass on your book. I mean, just because it's not in a genre that they're used to reading in, you know, I, I read, well, I tried to read a book a while back that was not in my preferred genre and I regretted it. <laughs> it, I could not finish it. It was a net galley that I got a net galley book that I got. I could not finish it, and I told the author why. <laughs> it was, you know, it was not in my preferred genre. I had been trying to diversify my reading, and I kicked myself for reading that book and for even attempting to read that book. It was, it was based on um, the main character was one of Jesus' brothers after Jesus' ascension into heaven. So it was during that period of time when being a follower of Christ was a bad thing. You know, people were getting hunted down and, you know, all of that. Well, there were just so many 
issues that I had with the book. And I could tell that the author had not done any research into that period of time, into what being a Christian in that period of time was like, and just kind of wrote this fiction story the way that they wanted to and just kind of threw all this stuff in there. And I couldn't do it. Could not do it. So on one hand, yes, turning down your book just based on the genre that it is, is it's not great. But I think that on one hand, having readers who give your book a chance and are pleasantly surprised trumps people who won't read your book at all. If that makes, if that makes sense, you know, because, you know, we want people to read your book. I want people to read your book, but I want people to read your book who are going to enjoy it. You know, I don't want you to get like a bunch of one star, <laughs> one star reviews on Amazon because we're sitting here talking about your book and a bunch of people go and read it and end up hating it. I don't want that. I want people that will enjoy it. So listeners, if you enjoy supernatural thriller, fantasy, angels, demons, all that Armageddon, dystopia, anything like that, it sounds to me like you will enjoy this book. So you should go check it out. But if you don't like any of those things and you want to give the book a pass, there's no judgment there either. I just wanted to say, like, um, I would that I would inhibit authors from actually writing what they're passionate about. Yeah. understood what you were talking about earlier so yeah definitely you know an, another author and I were talking about this um, last week or the week before um, you know write what you know but that's not always it's not always possible especially when you're writing like a fantasy book and you're creating this whole brand new world but doing research if, if that is a subject that you're passionate about, if you're passionate about writing romance books, write romance books. Don't go off and write fantasy books because you think they'll sell better. You know, if you're enjoying writing your romance books, write your romance books. 
even if five people only read them in your, in your entire lifetime, that passion, like you said, that passion is going to come through the pages, you know, and to people like me who I, I don't think I could write a book if you paid me a million dollars. I don't think I could, but I love reading other people's stories and I love sharing other people's stories. And when I'm reading a book that I can tell that person's excitement for that subject or that person's excitement for reading that book is coming through, I'm going to enjoy that book more, even if it's not in my preferred genre. Uh, you know, hopefully that, hopefully that does something for, you know, that little voice in the author's head that's yelling to get out, right? It's kind of like the bar says we would get that out. Yes. But it's a little more bearable, I think, because it's, it's really hard to get a book out, especially if you're in the publishing. Indie publishers, self-published, you know, I, you know, I started offering proofreading mainly for self-published authors because, you know, I kept seeing self-published authors saying, I just had to drop $1,400 to this person to proofread my book. And I'm like, but you're self-published. If you're self-published, it's doubtful that you're going to make that $1,400 back. You know, as sad as it is, I want all of you guys to become big, fat, famous authors and sell loads of your books every single day. But the fact is, it's doubtful that you're going to make that $1,400 back. But you might make 50 You know, and if I'm going to charge somebody to help proofread your book and make it as good as possible, I am not going to charge you through the nose for it. You know, cause you're already spending money on printing. You're already spending money on editing. You're, you know, you're already spending money on this, all of this other stuff in order to self publish your book. That last little bit of proofreading and that last little bit of tweak before it goes out into the world should not be that expensive, you know, and it's, you know, I just, I don't know. I get, I get really frustrated for self-published authors having to shell out all this money <laughs> First, first stuff, you know, and I, you know, and that's, I want all of you guys to be successful, you know, every last one of you. Will that probably ever happen? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But I want that for you guys. And, you know, and that's why I have you guys on the podcast and that's why I talk about your books and you know, that's why I review your books and all of that stuff, because I want people to notice your books. I want people to read your stories because they're important. You know, too many traditionally published authors do what you said earlier. They write maybe in a genre they're not passionate about because they know it'll sell. 
you know, indie authors and self-published authors write what you're passionate about in hopes that it will sell, you know? And so my hope is that I can help a little bit in getting your book to sell. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, or like in my case, for example, I actually spent, I actually went through five rounds of editing and my book, my book is priced at 99 cents. So I'm definitely getting that money back. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm not, I've also had to ask myself several times why and writing. You know, so if you're writing to, if you're writing for profit, if you're writing to someday quit your job, then, um, you know, it's all about expectations, right? Not, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just my expectations have been scaled more towards writing because I have a story I want to get out and I, I can get a few readers who are actually, um, who actually like my story as much as I do. Maybe if I'm blessed enough to actually get a handful that actually passionate about it, that to me would be awesome. You know, um, I think if I ever have my book being read in a book club, I'll just about die and go to heaven or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, with that thought in mind, I also don't want to cheat the readers. Like I'll do my uh, due diligence, do as much editing as I need to, um, because I also. I also like a good product, you know, I want people to say, wow, that was an awesome book, and it was well edited. I've seen some reviews where that's a comment, they're like, the book could have used, you know, extra proofreading, I hope, I definitely don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I, one, one thing that, you know, I have discussed with other authors is, you know, if I, you know, I will pay 99 cents for a book. My expectations in regards to proofreading, editing, all of that kind of stuff for that 99 cent book is going to be a lot lower than it would be for a book that's $5, $7, $10, you know, anything like that. So if I pay 99 cents for a book and it's well edited, it's proofread, I can tell the author did his research or her research, you know, all of that stuff. Not only am I going to be excited about that book, especially if it's a good story, which yours really sounds like a good story. I'm so excited. Then not only am I going to be excited to share that book, but I'm also going to tell people, look, it's a really good book. And it's only 99 cents. Go buy it like right now. It's only a dollar. And, you know, so it's like, you know, you're getting this really high quality thing, but you're not paying a whole ton for it. So it's, it makes it worth almost more emotionally, at least for me, you know, because if I pay like a dollar for something and it's something I'm really excited about, that price makes me even more excited if that makes sense yeah no it absolutely does um i've seen some conversation around that on twitter where i think uh, i think the 99 cents pricing is kind of a double-edged sword i mean on the one hand some people are encouraged to give it a try because you're not losing that much and on the other hand some people think well if it's 99 cents then it's probably not good and just pass in the first place so yeah 
which which I have actually done before, sadly enough. But I think the last time I passed on a book that was only 99 cents was, one, it wasn't in a genre that I prefer. Or two, I've read that author before. And I know that author doesn't do like the proofreading editing thing. They just kind of wrote a book and stuck it on Amazon. I have run into that before. It is not my favorite thing. <laughs> I always feel so bad when I pass on a 99 cent book because I know it's going to be crap. And I, I hate to use that. I hate to use that word. I do. And I won't, and you won't ever, 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 ever hear me mention specific authors or specific books on this podcast if I'm saying something like that, <laughs> like ever, I will not kick somebody's baby. I won't do it. But there are authors out there that sadly enough, they write a book, they don't edit, they don't proofread, they don't do anything. They just write the book, stick it on Amazon and hope people will buy it. And then they bemoan the fact that nobody's buying their book. Well, chances are one person did and your lack of proofreading and your lack of editing came back and bit you <laughs> because that one person told their friends, don't buy this book. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I guess that's another um, goal of mine, kind of, in, in a way, is I definitely don't want anyone getting a negative uh, impression about indie authors operating my book. You know right. what I mean? Yes, like, totally. I know that happens a lot where you feel like, okay, yeah, this never really happened with traditional publishing. I, I mean, I disagree, but the stereotype is out there. The last thing I want to do is contribute to that stereotype. You know? Yes. So. Yes, exactly. Um, I, I have to admit, before <laughs> I started on Twitter and got involved with the book community, I kind of gave in to that stereotype. Because of my experience with a lot of indie books, you know, I would get like free books off Amazon that were on BookBub, you know, or, or places like that. And every once in a while, I would come across a gem through those, you know, those free sites where you could get, you know, free books off Amazon. Every once in a while, I'd come across a gem. Most of the time, I was sorely disappointed in these books that yeah I got it for free but I still expect something from these books and then I got involved with the book community on Twitter and I started you know authors started sending me their books for review and I started finding all of these wonderful books and all of these amazing stories and you know my blog went from reading traditionally published authors from the library for my blog to reviewing mainly indie authors off you know from authors or through netgalley or places like that to you know, building my podcast to doing all of this because I found this wonderful, amazing community of people 
that just want their stories in the world. You know, people like you and people like Tim Cagle and people like Polly B from last year, last week, you know, you guys just want your stories in the world and your stories need to be out there. And I am so thankful that you guys brought me into your little fold and, <laughs> and, you know, made me feel so accepted. You know, I, you know, I found the book community and just felt like I have found my people weird as they are. <laughs> I have found my people and I, I'm so thankful for that. And I express my gratefulness to you guys every single day. Absolutely. And if my phone wasn't being used, I would order your book like right now, but my phone is recording currently, so I can't buy your book, but I will definitely hop on Kindle as soon as I can get your book. I can't promise I will read it anytime soon. My stack is like a mile long. I swear as many books as I have in my TBR I I still keep running across books. I'm like, I have to own that book. I have to own that book. <laughs> so many times. And my TBR is about a mile long because of it. So I I do want to own your book. I do want to help support you. Um, I do think that's a book I will enjoy. Um but I don't think I'm going to get to it anytime soon. So we'll see what happens. You know, I appreciate you even considering it in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, like I said, I, my expectations have been scaled and just the fact that people out there are trying to, I even given it a chance to me is, it's plenty enough. Okay. And so far, knock on wood, but... <laughs> I haven't had a five review yet. Oh, well, I've had two, three stars. Um, okay. The last three star I had, it, it read like a five star, <laughs> but it was a three star. So it's like, I just shared that on Twitter too, and that was the overwhelming feedback. And I was like, what does it take to get a five star? It's actually like my favorite review so far because it was so detailed and I thought it was really awesome. And then, uh, the first uh, three star I got, that was a good read. That was really perplexing because it was basically, uh, <clears throat> the reviewer basically said, well, the book has, it's a really great, you know, really great characters, um, really great dialogue, really great story. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's about what you want in the book, right? Um, but she thanked me for originality because she said it was a book about good versus evil. And, you know, in the first place, if it's heaven versus hell, then that's kind of implied, right? But <laughs> overall, um, I, I, like, I feel like my take on, on the whole Armageddon thing was fairly original, but 
you know, there's there's um so many ideas out there that it's hard to actually have something that's just completely brand new or unheard of, right? Yeah. If I one more of my WIP uh, WIP show up on TV, one of these shows. <laughs> I'll be calling somebody. Dang it. Yes. No, I totally get that. Um, I, you know, I've read several books over the past year that, you know, I loved their original take on something that's been done to death. You know, vampires, for one thing, they, I mean, you can't, you can't go anywhere without seeing vampires something you know there's just they're out there and you know I read a book last year Oil and Water um by Laura Dominic slash Nick Starling and um I'm not sure if Nick has changed the the author name on Oil and Water yet so I just wanted to put that out there um but that book had such an original take on the typical vampire genre, you know, and then Kerbal Town by um, S.D. Reed. Again, vampire story, different take on it. So there, you know, regardless of whether you think your idea has been done to death the world still needs that story, you know, so getting a three star because your story is unoriginal, <laughs> that I mean, honestly, that doesn't make sense to me because it's, there's really no idea that's completely original. There just isn't. And there's, you know, just about every book is a good versus evil book. You could like figure out how to stick that good versus evil in a book, give me a book, I will tell you how. It just happens. So, you know, getting a three star because of that doesn't, doesn't really make sense to me, but it does sound like that reader did his or her due diligence in making sure that other readers know what to expect from the book, if that makes sense. Yeah, but, you know, she did say it was a great story, great uh, great characters, great yeah. action scenes. So, hey, that was, that was definitely good enough for me. Um, Which is what you want. I, I, that's what I look for in a book is great characters and, you know, yeah, maybe... <laughs> Maybe unoriginal in one sense, which doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, there's always ways to take an old idea and make it your own. And, you know, it kind of sounds like that's what you've done with this book. Is you've taken that dystopian Armageddon, good versus evil, heaven versus hell kind of trope. And made something original out of it. And I think that's what I'm most looking forward to is that originality and that uniqueness because I don't come across that very often. So that makes me really excited. And, and I will say, um, uh, 
by the time you're done with the book, I mean, there, there's some nuance and some subtlety to it. Um, it's not a black and white good versus evil book. It's completely set in the world of gray. And to me, that's what I thought is fantastic about it. Because when you have heaven and hell, that's what you're expecting. Yes, there is Armageddon. And yes, they don't get along. But it's very gray more than anything else. And that's what I wanted to get across. So hopefully that comes across to the new readers out there. Um, I know uh, pretty much the rest of the readers have taken a chance on it. has really enjoyed it. So. <sighs> I am looking forward to it and I'm excited to let you know what I think. Um, quick question before, cause we've got just about 10 minutes left. Um, what is something that you would tell a brand new author who has not, they've decided I want to write a book, but they have no idea where to start. What would you tell that person? Actually, I have quite a bit to tell them because that's pretty much what I was. Um, <laughs> yeah. So first things first is decide why you want to write. You know, people write for different reasons. Uh, depending on why you, uh, you want to write, that will dictate a lot of your strategy. If you're trying to write to grow your readership, get some semblance of commercial success, then social media, you want to build a presence in social media and other kinds of medias out there, right? So it's not just uh, your Twitter and Facebook, there's chat rooms for the kind of genre that you want to write in. Get in there, get some ideas, get some readership. Oh, sorry, get some, uh, get your name out there. Maybe you could get some kind of following. And that could be very, very helpful along the way because um, editors cost a lot of money, especially a development, developmental editor. That's something a beta reader could do for you. Right, but where do you find them in the first place? And you know, friends and family—not that I, you know, this is not close friends—but friends and family sometimes it can take six months to get through a manuscript. Right, you might need that feedback a lot quicker. So, definitely doing the groundwork aside from the actual writing itself, because the writing is the fun part. There's a lot of stuff out there um, <clears throat> that that actually comes into play, not just the writing. So, definitely doing that work. And I would say also um, talking to readers and seeing what readers want, because I'm hearing a lot of stuff that I think a lot of rules that writers abide by. And I know when I was strictly a reader, I had no idea of any of those rules. I just want to know, is this story awesome? And can I read it easily? Like, you know, does it stimulate my mind when I read it? And then there's other things that, um, and I've seen some writers review books and they'll ding you on certain rules that they feel are the cornerstone of writing that some readers might not even be aware of. And I'll say for a new author, try and figure out what you know what you want, what readers want, and then try and follow that, right? Align that with your passion versus trying to just please everybody out there. Because you would go insane trying to please everybody out there. That, yes. that, that's that's kind of what I'll, I'll want to advise them because writing your it's solely based on feedback and trying to get people to appreciate your work so you do rely on that feedback and so the impact of trying to be a people pleaser is going to hit twice as hard in that field so definitely you kind of want to know what the readers you want or the readers you're looking for what do they want and trying to focus um 
directing your direction in that in that in that area. Well, coming from this reader, one of the rules that I saw going around Twitter like late last year was quit using adverbs. Adverbs do nothing for your writing. I kept seeing that going around Twitter and I kept like trying to figure out if it was a joke because readers, we like adverbs. We want to know if he ran quickly from one room to the other. We want to know if they shoveled food in their mouths, you know, noisily, you know, those kinds of things. You know, we, we want those things. And I, you know, just coming from a reader, your, your statement about finding out what your readers want, so important. Because your readers, chances are, they're going to be pissed if you cut out that one adverb that could have made that sentence make so much more sense. <laughs> you know, so, you know, and I am actually proofreading a proofreading a book that the, the author used as part of his description of this boy's face. They drove through something that made this boy's face feel smushy. S-M-U-S-H-Y. And I was reading that and I'm like, okay, I'm not an editor. I'm not going to change that word. Because first of all, that word, this book is geared towards young adults. Young adults are going to read His Face Felt Smushy they're going to know exactly how that kid feels because chances are their face has felt smushy at one point or another. So, you know, but I can just about guarantee you there's going to be one or two people that buy this book and read it and think the author's use of the word smushy was stupid. <laughs> It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. And, you know, so I would have been within my rights to recommend that the author change that work. Would be with, totally within my rights to recommend it. But I'm not gonna. Because it's that perfect word. Even though it's not really a word, it's that perfect word. And I had a point to my statement. Um, I really did. I promise. <laughs> My point is finding out what your readers want to read is super important because readers aren't always going to care that you used the word smushy. They're going to enjoy the story and that word to the perfect reader, that word is going to be the perfect word and they're going to totally get it. So don't be afraid to go outside of the norm and don't be afraid to break a few rules, I think was my point of that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and well taken. Ultimately, your fan base is going to comprise of those readers, right? Yes. 
that's what you want. Your fan base are the ones that are gonna keep coming back for more and more of your books. So that's where you can get to, in my opinion. And it kind of sounds like you have you have started um, and are on your way to that. Um, I hope people listen to this podcast and take a chance and go read your book. And I hope they enjoy it. Um, please come back and let us know where where you bought the book and if you enjoyed it. If you have anything to say to the author. Um, I will be starting a page on my website for this podcast at some point. So listeners will be able to come and um, leave comments for their favorite authors uh, from the podcast. So hopefully we will get that going pretty soon. But in the meantime, we're about out of time. So is there any last words that you want to give our listeners any any last words of wisdom? Um, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, this is my first time doing anything like this, so I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. <clears throat> for readers out there, um, if you're interested in an epic story um, of the supernatural genre, give my book a chance. Otherwise, just go out there and uh, pick up a book, read some. If you're trying to get into some writing yourself, um, Definitely get after it. Procrastination, I found out um, after last year. Um, you never know how much time tomorrow is, um, how much time we have, right? Tomorrow is never promised. So if you got something to do, do it while you're able. If you have a dream, you have to follow, go after it. That's what I did with my book, and I'm glad I did. So. Well, we're glad you did too. So, okay, I am going to hit stop.